I live for results. So I, I, I'll openly say I live for results. I, I, I love before and after picture. So if you're here with me, please understand that this is what you need to do. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today's guest is a man on a mission. He is one of the UK's leading personal trainers and he has helped thousands of people to reach their health and fitness goals. His clients include a host of celebs such as Reggie Yates, Marvin Humes and Nicola Roberts. He shares daily motivation online from early morning workouts before 5am to his daily health tips. His energy, his commitment and his passion is so contagious so naturally we were drawn together. Welcome to the studio, Peter McKay aka PMAC Fitness. Yes. Yes, I know. Give it up, give it up. He's in the building. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for inviting me here. I mean, we only really met a few months ago. In Shoreditch House by accident. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, but obviously I've seen you on the gram. Okay. I've seen you flexing. <laughs> I've seen you running up hills at five o'clock in the morning in the cold. Yes. I was like, he's this guy is it's, out there. It's cold. It it's cold. very cold. My feet get cold. My hands get cold. <laughs> Amazing. So for anyone listening to this episode who might not know who you are, they might not have seen you before, I'd love it if you could tell us a bit about your journey, about you and what's led you on this path to becoming a fitness trainer. Being a fitness trainer wasn't my dream in the beginning. I think my dream was just to get up, live in a council house and that was really it. I didn't have any goal to be a fitness trainer. It suddenly shone upon me when I was one day I just kept going to the gym and I kept going to the gym and everyone kept asking me advice and I kept saying the trainer's there I'm not the trainer then after my friend sat me in the car one day you know when your friend gives you that intervention talk like you should just be a trainer and that's how it started but I started 10 years ago before there was YouTube before there was Instagram before there was Facebook and even when Facebook and Instagram came into it I hated it and I thought how can this help me and I hated it, so I wasn't even online. I avoided it for about two, three years. Okay, so let me take it back. You're in the gym, yeah. and do you think it's because of the way you look? So for anyone who can't see you, yeah. you know, Peter's, he's tall, he's hes built, he's hench. You think people saw you in the gym and went, hey, I want to look like that guy. Can you give me some advice? Tinder profile, all that. <laughs> um, you know, that's what it was. Literally, people could see with their eyes. Whereas nowadays, you can, you can go online and see a lot of people with good bodies. But back then, it was all about who you walk past is who you see and that was nothing else so people saw me and they saw that I don't look like you okay and yeah. so were you so were you at school at the time had you left school no I was let's say involved in other stuff okay and um, I yeah and I, I had to find a different career path okay. at the time so growing up then so fitness you know being a personal trainer wasn't your goal mm-hmm. were you involved in sports growing up did you have any kind of I guess like male role models in that kind of 
either fitness, health or sports space or it was completely new to you, this gym world? Role models, possibly not. I knew of Matt Roberts back in the days. Um, he was training Madonna and that's what every PT aspired to be at the time because of Matt Roberts, Matt Roberts is here, Matt Roberts is there. But athlete-wise, me, I, I grew up with three other brothers. So we used to play fight all the time. We used to run. So I think right even knowing I was doing it, play fighting, watching wrestling, watching Lincoln Christie on, on um, 100 metres. And I always modelled myself to be a 100 metre sprinter. That's how I wanted my body to look like because I thought these guys are athletic and they they can move. So this is how I want to look like a 100 metre sprinter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, so you're talking about, you know, the aesthetic, it's what you wanted to look like. Yeah. And then obviously people seeing you and your body, they wanted to look like you. Yeah. But, you know, I know that you're a trainer now and yeah. you train so many different clients. I yeah. mean, every time I see your stories, I'm like, how many clients can this guy train in a day? Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I used to be, I used to train a lot of people myself. Yeah. But over the years, over the last eight years, as my, you know, careers changed and schedules changed, I now only get the opportunity to train a handful of people one to one. But it is a really, really well it's a lot different I think to what some people expect so I think I'd say about 25% maybe is like the physical coaching and the training Um, so the rest of it I guess you know seeing the impact that you can have and helping someone to achieve their goal or to change their life or it's not you doing you know you didn't change their life helping them to change their life is such a powerful thing and I mean you must witness that every single day yeah do you know what when you become a PT you think you're, you're a PT but you're actually more than that the way you live your life, people follow. Like you think you just go to the, you go to the gym, you train five clients, and that's it. But because of the way social media is, people follow your lifestyle. People watch what you eat. People watch what you train. Like if I do yoga, I have clients now who do yoga because I do yoga, mm. and after they go for a run because I'm going for a run, and after people follow you so much that you don't realize that it's more than just the training side of things, it's about the mental side of things and the messages you put out. People grab onto that mm. and if it's a wrong message people grab onto that yeah it's like you're leading by example yeah. as well but also when you work with your clients you know one to one as I said the, the training is only part of it right yeah. so what about all the other parts so like you said building their you know helping them to, to cultivate mental discipline or yeah. to become more confident or you know do you think you know you talked before about the aesthetic side yeah. do you think that that is still kind of what people want when they come to you I think people no matter what happens everyone wants to look good and you're not gonna, you can't deny that. I see on this, sometimes on social media, oh, it's about how you feel. Regardless of what happens, everybody wants to look good. And that's the first step you have to address, that somebody wants to look good. But then you have to address their lifestyle. Then you've got to address the people around them. Then you've got to address what they're eating. You've got to address how they're sleeping. You've got to address their work lifestyle. And after you, then after you can involve all that stuff. But the main goal has to be for everyone is they want to look good. And when, once you uh, tackle, tackle that bit and get them to know that you will look good once you've taken care of your food, taking care of your lifestyle, taking care of your environment, taking care of your work life, taking care of your sleep, then you're doing that rather than even knowing. Mm, okay, so you're saying the other things are like a byproduct yeah. of their initial goal, which yeah. is just like, Peter, help me get a six pack. Yeah, So, but you have to give them their goal first. And mm-hmm. I, I learned this years ago when it's called, you've got to give them the goal first. Like if somebody wants to get big legs, you you have, you start off with squats, but slowly involve lap pull downs or push ups without them even knowing. But you're giving them what they want first, but you're giving them everything else that they need to. 
Okay, sure. Because yeah, yeah. also, I guess it's too much too soon. If you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. someone's coming to me saying they want to shape up, and you're like, okay, yeah. you got to change your mindset, your sleep, your yeah. diet, your training. It can seem overwhelming. Yeah, and I think people like I never give someone a diet for the first two weeks. I make them continue their diet just so they understand that nothing's going to change until you want to change your diet. So now they want to change your diet rather than me telling them to change the way they eat. So, okay. So I make them understand that you will have better results if you consume better food. Mm-hmm. And so most people, when you train them, do they sign up to, with you to say, right, okay, it's it's six weeks or it's 10 weeks or it's six months, or can they just say, I just want to see you once? Because, uh, you know, obviously we know that, you know, you have to commit to a journey, to a program, to a plan, something that has, you know, longevity and consistency. It's not, can't, surely they can't just say, I just want to see you once. You know, I always tell people, people say to me, yeah, um, how much, how many times a week do I need to train? I'm like four or five times. And I'm, I say it's not with me personally, but you need to train four or five times if you want to achieve a certain goal. So it's easy for me to say, yeah, come come to me and after I, train, I can train you for three times. But you need to understand that you need to do stuff by yourself. Like this goal is has to be a group effort. Mm. I can come here, take your money and say, great, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do the yoga, the walking inside of it. Like, like try and get a feel of, of, of what you want rather than just say, oh, I want a six pack, oh, I want a good body, oh, I want this. I need you to understand that it's more than just coming to me. You have to also have discipline to go for a run, go for a walk, eat the right food, go to yoga, because all this stuff helps you get that body you want. Mm. So you're supporting them, but yeah. ultimately the responsibility lies with them. Yeah. They have to do the work. And they always think, like, I, I can take responsibility, but in days, you're you're responsible for yourself. Do you say that to people when you first yeah, meet yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, I think like the more popular I've got, the more confident I can say what I want to say. Whereas mm-hmm. in the beginning, I was too scared to call someone overweight. I was too scared to say you need to stop doing that. And now I'm like, this is it. Like if you're here, you're here with me. I I live for results. So I I I'll openly say I live for results. I I, I love the before and after picture. So if you're here with me, please understand that this is what you need to do. So oh. if, you, if you're calling me up, call me up because you want to you want to change, not because you, you want to get a picture of me or get let people know oh, you're training with this guy from Instagram. Mm. And, and what's that response like? So you know that kind of tough love approach of saying if you want to train with me, mm. this is what you're signing up to. What's the response? Do people want to change? Luckily, again, social media is I have a voice, and people who follow me understand my voice, so they come to me and they know my voice. So people who come to me already know what to expect so it's, it's easier than it would have been when I get a cold call mm. or something I found you on Google and I, and I always think people find me on Instagram and sometimes I get a message from Google I'm like I go oh, I'm so sorry I thought you I thought you followed me on Instagram it's not I never heard of you before and after I got to explain myself okay yeah. okay well I mean your reputation seems to be serving you well do you, yeah just do you yes okay so let's talk about the yoga because yeah. we've mentioned it a few times and again as I said for people who can't see you I guess some people might be surprised I don't know yeah. the stereotypical yogi look yeah. is definitely not you yeah. so but I know that you know yoga's become so popular in the in the last few years but you've been doing yoga for a long time right 10 years 10 years so yeah, yeah what is it tell us why do you practice yoga can I tell you why I started yoga it's yes. a funny story why I started yoga so I broke up my girlfriend at the time and three or four months after that my friend said to me listen 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 he came listen went, go to yoga go to hot yoga there's a lot of half naked girls there <laughs> literally the truth then after I think my third class the one the, the, the owner came up to me and said to me listen if you continue doing this class you're going to find yourself further than anyone else in this class because you've got the strength already and after that that, that, that drove me on and there was 
lot of hot girls in the class. <laughs> so for for me, even 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 to this day, like even today, I, I've kind of switched it. Like for now, I go to the the girl in class who's the most flexible, and to see to match myself up with her. Where before I used to go to the girl who was the most prettiest, <laughs> she'd try and work harder. I love this honesty, but this is not what I expected you to say. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk to me about, you know, some of the things I've seen and read that you've shared about kind of yoga giving you the mobility yeah. to, um, you know, to manage that strength mm. and to kind of, I guess, you know, repair some yeah. of the, the the repetitive strain. Yeah. But no, it's lies. You no, go no, to no, yoga to no, see no, the girls. That was, that was at the beginning, <laughs> but now, but but now, but now, honestly and truly, the way I feel after yoga class, no gym session can make me feel like that because of how recovered I feel and how relaxed I feel and how you, you know you feel you got a weight on your shoulder and it just takes it off and my hips and my mobility and the stuff I can do I'm like if I see you do something I'm like okay cool how do I do that now rather than I can't do that and just like even 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 if I do the splits today and I run tomorrow I have the best one ever mm, okay yeah because my hips are more open yeah. yeah. So you encourage other people to. I I encourage it more than anything else. How like, many How many times do you do yoga a week? So over the last two three months, I've been like five times a week. Okay. Yeah. But when when I really got into it in 2013, I was doing like 10, 10 times a week. Wow. And that's how that's how I got flexible because I was doing the advanced class, I was doing another class, I was doing double classes to get myself to a certain level. Mm. So now I'm trying to get back to that level, but not so intense and so do you always go to a class do you now feel like you can practice yoga on your own do you always why do you want to go to a class because I think um, yoga is one of those things where you get the energy of other people and if you see someone doing something it makes you believe that you can do it so I I wouldn't I, I can't I can but I wouldn't have the same motivation to stretch myself for an hour and a half if I went by myself mm. and do you think for you as a coach it's nice to be coached because yeah. personally like I'm on this thing of you know lifelong learning and constantly trying to learn as much as I can learn new skills learn new ways techniques movements all of that and I think that for me I just love it as a coach yeah. being coached yeah. because you don't have to make the decisions and decide and figure out you know the plan you can just go okay tell me what to do yeah uh, yeah luckily for our, our classes are all sequences so there's a certain sequence that you have to follow every single week or a certain class and I know them very well but it just feels good just to be at the back of the class no one's looking at you and just doing your yoga and the fact of the matter I'm looking at you I'm looking at everyone else to see where they are and I know it's I know I shouldn't but I should be in my own zone but I'm looking at you saying okay if you can do that then how the hell can I do, how the hell can I get to that stage Mm, I like that. I like that kind of motivation of thinking, yeah. hey, let, let me look at that person and think, yeah. can I do that too? So yeah. when you're saying about it's not a comparison, because yeah. I think often I always say to people, and this is quite contradictory, Peter, to what you're saying, when people say to me, oh, but Adrian, I don't want to go to, yeah, like a yoga class or this run, or I don't want to be the rubbish one who's, you know, I'm not flexible enough, or I don't want people to see me wobbling around. And I always say to them, no one is looking at you. Mm. Everyone's looking in the mirror at themselves, you know, trying to look at their alignment or their whatever. And I always say to them, no one is looking at you. Yeah. And now you're like, I'm looking at that person. But I mean, it's like, it's motivating you yeah. to, to do more. I, I'm not looking at people to sell your rubbish. I'm looking at the people in the class who I can inspire to maybe be, obviously, careful or better than, but not better than, but get my flexibility to that, to that level mm. well actually I listened to something the other day it was talking about motivation and saying some people are motivated by 
the competitive element of like I want to be better than that person I want to outwork that person yeah. I want to be smarter or fitter or faster or whatever and then other people were saying that they have that but internally with themselves like they don't compare to others but they just want to be better than they were before yeah. and apparently you know the ultimate combination would be to have a healthy balance of both yeah. so you see others and you thrive to be there but it's not necessarily like a I want to win and yeah. beat you kind of thing but there's one teacher like who is so far ahead I don't think I could catch him so there's like humbleness there because mm-hmm. there's, there's teachers who are like, who can do stuff I'm like okay cool let me just sit down <laughs> so yeah but, Jedis but, yeah yeah okay awesome and so you share a lot of motivational messages online yeah. uh, your health tips and you know your daily not just your your stories and your videos but you you know you really share a lot of information as well with people mm. and the most recent one Peter has been the sugar free challenge mm. so when I saw you last time we talked about it and basically for anyone who knows me yeah. will know as I've told you sugar is my vice yeah. I always I always confess it and I always declare it and I'm trying to like I'm actually trying to brainwash myself to thinking that I could live without sugar but basically you know I'm not you know I don't eat meat I don't eat cheese I'm not big on alcohol so my thing sometimes is like Adrian it's fine sugar is the thing you know everyone's got to have one thing and I've tried you know a couple of times and been like oh I'm gonna you know after I um, read Sarah Wilson I quit sugar I was like I could quit sugar and then I was like this is really hard I don't feel good I feel like I don't know I literally I didn't I underestimated how much sugar plays a role in my life and I think I've got to a point where I was after 48 hours Peter 48 hours I actually said the words life is too short to live without sugar a sugar-free life is not a life that I want however before I ask you about this challenge I also you know the more I actually seriously now read research listen about the kind of connection between sugar and diet related illness i heard somebody describe sugar as a poison and now you know i'm going to caveat this by saying this was not my words he said sugar is a poison to the body and in slow small doses you do not feel the effects of the poison because it's so you know it's not an immediate effect however over time you know years 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 he's talking about the the connection between the gut and the brain and things like alzheimer's and he was saying that it's the same for example with with fat if you're if you have a very 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 high saturated fat diet you could have a heart attack he's basically saying in the same vein that sugar over time has such a detrimental effect on the gut and the brain that it causes you know he he described the the thing that stuck in my mind was he said you could be 80 years old wearing an appy and not recognize your children's faces because of the sugar intake in your diet and it's a poison that is poisoning you and I literally that stopped me honestly like I said I joke about oh you know what I eat Haribo's so what Mm. that really struck me because my grandma actually um suffered from Alzheimer's dementia before she died and she had type 2 diabetes and yeah I mean Jamaican Caribbean diet very high in sugar very high in carbohydrates so I'm really starting to take it a bit more seriously now so can you please talk to us about this mission why you're trying to ask people to give up sugar for 14 days because I think people think that sugar is good for them personally that's one thing I come across that because I, I saw, I've been tagged in a few posts that sugar's not poisonous sugar. And I'm like, sugar's a drug. No matter what P, how P you look at it, sugar is a drug. Like, for you, if you have to put sugar in a soup, which you claim to be healthy, then it's a drug. They, they're putting sugar in that soup to make you believe or make you, your body feel that it's so good for you and you, you need more of that soup. Mm. And a lot of people carry a lot of body fat. And that's down to sugar. Because your body finds it's so hard to digest sugar, so it has to break it down after you become tired and after you get headaches. And a lot of people don't realize this. 
because they think they don't have sugar. And after, I just, I just want people to understand that if you were to not even cut sugar, just reduce it by what you currently have, you will see a massive change in your results. You'll see a massive change at three o'clock in your energy. You'll see a massive change in your response. You'll see a massive change in your sleep. You'll see a massive change in your, in your face. You will feel so much better. We live in a world where we're so focused about being vegan, but at the end of the day, vegans still eat sugar. Mm. Well, this is a couple of things that you're saying. One, the addiction. Yeah. Apparently, sugar is more addictive and harder to give up than things like nicotine and also some, you know, substances like cocaine. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know about that, but I definitely, definitely can say that sugar is an addiction and has been an addiction in my life. Absolutely, 100%. And I think people, you see that word addiction and think, oh, that's a bit extreme. Yeah. It's only sugar. But if you have something daily that you can't, that you yeah, a daily thing that you can't go a whole day without. Surely that's the definition of addiction. Yeah, it, it, I think people think addiction means drugs. Mm. And that's why people get so sick. No, 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 I'm not addicted to it. But if you if you need it, it's an addiction. Mm. Same with caffeine, right? Yeah. Some people are addicted to yeah. coffee. Like, I'm addicted to the gym. I'm addicted to working out. Like, I, I, haven't, I don't care, but I'm addicted to that. Mm. So, and my theory behind the sugar theory is that too many people have so much wrong, wrong information. Okay. We're so focused on calories and calorie intakes, and I'm like, what does calories mean? I can give you a thousand calories worth of sugar or a thousand calories worth of vegetables, and how are you gonna feel? You're gonna feel worse with the, with the sugar calories. That's that's why I don't promote calories in any way, and I hate the word calorie deficiency because I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Because if you just said to somebody, you can have this number of calories. Yeah. I've heard people before, friends actually, who yeah. say, I'd rather get my calories from X, Y, and Z. So yeah. they'll say, okay, if I want to have three gin and tonics, yeah. I'd rather have that than have dinner because they're like, or, or for example, I don't know, three glasses of wine or yeah. whatever. They're like, as long as I don't go over this number yeah. of calories, then it's fine. But as you just said, how are you going to feel if you're replacing a meal yeah. with three glasses of wine? And after, it's just, it's the fitness industry is so messed up right now that people are so focused on calorie deficiency and not understanding that. A plant-based diet is great. Reducing sugar is great, great. But don't tell someone to be a vegan without understanding that, that being a vegan still carries a lot of sugar. Mm. Yeah, and also, and like like most things, you know, you can do anything healthy or unhealthy. You yeah. can be a vegan and literally just eat chips and pasta. Yeah. They're both animal free, yeah. but it doesn't, yeah, of course, equate to a healthy diet. Mm. So, okay, so what is it about sugar that you think is, you know, so detrimental to the diet? And why do you think people are, or should I say, why is people's diet so high in sugar? Because they think maybe just fizzy drinks and chocolate, yeah. but actually sugar is in so many things. I think because the way that the labeling on food is, is people are so, oh, 100 calories. People are so focused on calories, they don't care about the nutritional information, which is the most important part of your, what you're eating. Mm -hmm. And one, one, one thing I say to people who start the diet is, is after breakfast, about 11 o'clock, how do you feel? After lunch, about two, three o'clock, how do you feel? After dinner, about seven, eight o'clock, how do you feel? Because what you're doing, you're eating high sugar foods, so you're, you're spiking your blood sugar levels up, and they keep coming down, so you crash in, so you, you have the chocolate bar um, halfway through um, mid-morning. Then you do that again at lunch, you crash again at two, three o'clock. Then you do that again at the evening, then you crash again, because your, your diet is so high in sugar that you're spiking up, blah, 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 blah. You're crazy, you're here, then you crash. Mm. So people need to understand that your work life will be much better. There'll be less sick days. Your, your face will, will be less puffier. 
Everyone says that. That's yeah. the first thing, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. you started this recently, yeah. you know, to kind of get a cohort of people together to start at the same time. Yeah. And was it, it was two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. So you started two, day, two weeks ago and I saw, you know, the amount of people, the testimonies of people within yeah. four days yeah. saying, well, there's a couple of things I saw repeated. One was my face. Yeah, yeah it looks less, like less puffy, I look less tired. One was um, a lot of people talking about their bowel movements, yeah. going to the toilet and yeah. saying, you know, like my stomach is less bloated. Yeah. I'm going to the toilet more often. Is this normal? Yeah. Um, people saying they sleep better. They're running faster. People yeah. telling you I'm running faster. So yeah. you think this, and this is all because nothing else changed in their diet. They're just cutting out sugar. sugar. Even for me personally, my digestion system's got much better. Like I don't feel food. I eat it, done, 15 minutes later, it's digested. Where before, I used to eat food. I used to feel it for about an hour or two more. That like heavy sluggish feeling. Yeah. Now, now I just I eat it, and I, and I, and I don't I don't even think about being bloated no more. I know I'm not gonna be bloated. Where some people might eat something and be like, come on, I'm gonna be bloated after this. Mm. And I I've done it for what 36, 21 days now, and I'm so obviously I I know clearly the next time I have something sugar, <laughs> I'm gonna have the worst headache. Right. Yeah, sure. It's like, again, I said it's like the caffeine. So, yeah, yeah. so you've done 21 days. Yeah. So if I was, I don't even know if I want to say this, but if I was to commit to you right now and yeah. say, okay, I'm going to, you know, try your challenge 14 days sugar free. What do I need to do? What do I need to be, I guess, aware of? Because yeah. as I said, it's not just your chocolate and, yeah. and yeah. drinking fizzy drinks. It's, you know, I said, like I said, sugar's in a lot of things. So what things do I need to be aware of? What things do I need to avoid? And what should I expect to kind of feel like in the first couple of days? So the things to avoid or to be aware of is soups and packages food, because even shop food, because what you'll realize is it may say healthy, but the sugar content might be high. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to get across is, like if you eat a chocolate bar, that's totally fine, because you know that's bad for you, and you, you've chosen to eat a chocolate bar. But if you eat a soup thinking it's good for you and it's actually bad for you, that's the worst ever. Mm. You think it's good for your body, but you're actually not because of what what the ingredients are. Also, can we define what is low and high sugar? Because someone said to me, and you might, yeah. this might be wrong, that anything per 100 grams, it should be five grams of sugar or less. So because I heard that, and this is, I knew you were coming in, I was like, okay, let me start. And I don't really... Honestly, I don't really look at the back of packages because yeah. I don't tend to eat that much processed food. I kind of make my own food. But the snacks that I buy, I'm like, okay, let me have a look on the back. Yeah. So I looked on a couple of drinks. One of them said seven grams of sugar per 100 mils. And yeah. I was like, okay. Then I looked on I looked on a snack brand. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's something that I eat a lot. I love it. It's one of my favorite snack brands. And it's kind of, you know, it's, it's made of dates and almonds and quote unquote healthy. Yeah. How many grams of sugar do you think in 100 grams? 36. 33. Yeah. So I was like, oh, whoa. I was like, okay, so a third of this is a sugar, whether it's because it's dates, whether it's yeah. because it's got honey or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, is it that? Is it right? Five grams or less, that's yeah. low sugar? Five, five grams or less, or even like, like you can go to 10 grams because you're going from 30, 30 grams to 10 grams. It's, it's, it's a massive change already. Okay. So like, you don't, I don't want people to get so caught up so in it. So zero, but, okay. Yeah, I want you to get to a point where you, where you understand that this might have 10 grams of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to understand what, what a gram is because people don't realize that a gram is like, 100 grams could be a lot mm-hmm. of sugar. And that's like, you, it's like doing that to your sister, doing that. Yeah, well, I think the visual is really good, exactly. So the yeah. way I saw it was, um, it was a bar of chocolate that had like hazelnuts. And I remember thinking like, oh, cool. Like that's yeah. the kind of thing normally I was in the airport last week. I yeah. was traveling back from LA and I was like, cool. That's the kind of thing I normally would be like, I don't eat chocolate every day, but on a flight, of yeah. course. Yeah. So I basically picked it up, looked at the back. It said 51 grams out of 100. So yeah. I just basically decided in that moment, because I knew you were coming in. Like I said, I've been looking. I was like, 
50% of this is sugar. And for people to, you know, if you make, like if you bake, for example, mm. that's when you see it. Because if yeah. you bake and it says two, two cups of sugar, yeah. you pour it in and then you're like, well, that's a lot. The funny thing is, I used to bake a lot. Cause my mum's a, a pastry chef, so I used to bake a lot. So I understand food. Like, apple crumble is probably the worst. It's butter, no, no. it's butter, <laughs> flour, and half sugar. And apples, which is also and, sugar. And, 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 and apples. So I think people need to start cooking more. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, not to understand, just to understand what's in their food. Because mm-hmm. the way I prescribe it, if I was to cook right now and put sugar in my food, that would be okay because I put in like two grams of sugar. Whereas if you go to a restaurant, mm. they'll put 15 grams because they want you to come back and they want it to taste nice. And it does taste good, right? And, and That's it, why in it, restaurants it, it sometimes, tastes, it tastes brilliant. yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. let me just, yeah, okay. So if I commit to it and I say, right, day one, yeah. I'm going to, you know, low sugar, I'm going to try and yeah. uh, have a savoury option or not have, what should I expect to feel like in day one, day two? Day one, day two, you should feel like... It's hard. Lethargic. I'm going to say, because when I did yeah, do yeah. it a little bit, it was hard. You feel tired. You feel like your whole thought process is sugar. Yes, yeah. I was so moody. Yeah, I was yeah. like, give me some <laughs> Your whole thought, it's, it's like, yeah, you, you, you could go, you're going cold, cold turkey in the corner. But day three, you might have a headache. Day four, depending on on, your, on yourself, you might be okay. Day five, day six, day seven, day eight, day nine, this is when the, the, you start to feel, okay, cool. And you start to feel better in the gym. Your body doesn't feel tight or you, you run better. You feel more lighter. Is that due to inflammation? Less inflammation in the body? Yeah. And after that's one thing I'll say for me personally, the reason why I've got stuff more flexible in the last two, three weeks is because I've reduced sugar. Mm. So stuff I'm doing on Instagram I'm posting, I couldn't do that three weeks ago because I was I'm a PT, I, I run all the time, I train all the time, I, 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 I can have that sweet. And I didn't realise that I was having so much sweets because I'm a PT, I I'm always running up the hills. Mm. But now my body feels so much freer. Yeah. Peter, I hear you say it, and I'm like, Adrienne, come on. And it's like you said, it's that delayed gratification of getting to day five, so that on day two, I need to know that. I need to know that on day five, this is gonna feel good, because I know on day two, I was like, this is not worth it. Life is short, I don't wanna live this life with no sugar. But what I tell people to do was to actually, on your, before you even start, have a have a crazy day of sweets. You know what? That threw me. So when you said that, yeah. I was like, surely that's going to make it worse. If you have like loads of sugar the day before you start, yeah. surely that crash is going to be worse. Yeah, I, I, I want you to feel how you feel how sugar. <laughs> you want you to suffer. <laughs> I want you to feel how you. I want you to I want you to feel it on the next day, to day fourteen. Mm. I want you. To, this 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 is your science lab. This is your test. This is your whatever you want to call it. To understand that this is this this is how life is with sugar. This is how life is without sugar. Because mm. you can you can eat as much vegetables as you want, and I guarantee you tomorrow morning you'll feel great. Mm. So do it with sugar. Do a test. And, yeah. see how, and after you can't you, you can't you can't argue with your body. Yeah, you, you can't, can't you, you can't go to the, to the Google and say, oh blah 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 blah. This should be doing it to me. This this is your test. This is happening right now in your body. So you can't argue with that. Mm. You can't let anyone um, say to you, yeah, but the only reason why you feel like this is because you've done this. Hmm. You've done a test. You've done it, and you. I like that thing of you know this is an experiment because I guess a couple of things I probably should have said before is you know, you know I've had people on the show before, um, doctors, dietitians. I had a guy on talking about fasting, and I always say that you know this conversation is a conversation. You know, we're we're I'm not promoting and saying to people right, you know, you have to kind of 
take responsibility i guess for your own health in that in that sense yeah. um however i'm sure there are some excluded groups perhaps people who shouldn't try to you know if you're going to make big changes to your diet overnight you know if you're pregnant if you yeah. had you know an underlying health condition such as diabetes or epilepsy you know there's things to consider instead of just listening to this podcast and going oh i'm gonna change my diet however as you said it is it's not a fad diet, right? This yeah. isn't like a, 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 tr- a fad thing. This is a 14-day challenge yeah. to see how you feel. The reason, the reason why I call it experiment rather than a diet, because first of all, when you in, in a diet, if people feel if they have something bad, the diet's over. An experiment, if you have a sugar something on day three, the diet, it's, not, it's still an experiment. Continue the experiment. And um, the experiment is just to make you understand what you're doing to your body. And record this, and, and now, and now you wear yourself. Now you look to your face. Now you're taking pictures of yourself. Now you're, you're mentally focused, thinking about what you're doing. And that's, that's why it's an experiment rather than say the word diet. Because when, when people say experiment, even if you have a bad day, hmm. it's still an experiment. Yeah. With, with a diet, if you have a bad day, people think it's over, mm. and you've got to start again. Yeah. Okay. So, so just, just a, just a little bit of a word change. That's good. Okay, yeah. so if people want to join you, if they're listening to this episode yeah. thinking, okay, cool, I'm sold, mm. I know I need to change this sugar addiction, mm. how can they join and find out more information from you and how can they get, I guess, support? To kind yeah. of, there's like a support group going on Facebook. No, probably, there's a support group and what's so good about the support group is I don't have to be on it. It's other people. <laughs> like I, I, I post every, every morning then after people post about themselves and after somebody might post out a comment and somebody else answers it and it's, it's so brilliant because that means I don't have to like you don't have to wait for me to give your answer. Like so, somebody struggled with day three, then somebody else responded, this is how I felt, but give it a time and you'll get through that. And that's basically someone else, someone else giving another customer, someone else advice mm. of their experience. It's like a sugar AA group. I mean like, so you, so, you, so you can't even say, oh yeah, but you don't know what I'm feeling. Somebody else already answered it for you. Yeah. So the, the support's there, um, people will respond straight away, even if I can't respond and it's it's, it's information that you should be taking t- t- taking on board. And is that on Facebook? That's on Facebook. That's called a No Sugar Challenge. No Sugar Challenge. So if we type that in, hashtag No Sugar Challenge. Hashtag No Sugar Challenge, Peter Mac. Peter Mac. We're yeah. going to find it. Okay, yeah, so yeah. please do let me know if you're going to try this because, yeah. as I said, I'm I'm afraid to commit right yeah. now, but I know it's something that at some point I'm definitely, I need to do. I yeah. think I just need to look at my schedule and maybe <laughs> plan it around a time when I can be moody for a couple of days. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, and also if you want to find out more about this, um, Peter, challenge then also Instagram I can't recommend enough because I see it on the daily and it gives me that little prompt to go ooh 33 grams that's a lot quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com Okay, so I also want to talk to you about the Power Hour because this is the podcast and, you know, we've talked a bit about my, you know, what I believe about the Power Hour, how I believe that starting the day every day, the first hour is really, really important to me. You know, how you choose to reclaim the hour and how you choose to kind of 
have an intentional practice something that is for yourself before the rest of the day comes and takes your time and your energy and emails whatsapp kids everything so I know you get up early, but I want to know why. So can you tell the listeners, what time do you get up in the morning and what's the first hour of your day like? So I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I'm currently living at my mum's house because my flat's been renovated. And it's weird because this morning I got up at 4 o'clock and my mum was up, my brother was up, everyone was up. It's a normal household. And that's the way we've been brought up to get up early. But we used to get up at 6am because my mum used to wake us up to pray every single morning at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I used to absolutely hate it. You hated it? Absolutely hate it. And now the reason why I get up early is because I would prefer to be in the gym at 5 a.m. than to be in the gym at 10 a.m. Because no one's WhatsApping you. No one's emailing you. No one's calling you. All the BS is still in bed for you, still in bed until, <laughs> until 8 a.m. <laughs> They're still in bed until 8 a.m. So you can, you can do, you can focus on the gym. I have clients who I train obviously early. Like I can focus on them and after, I don't have to work until 5 p.m. I can work until 10, 10, 10 a.m. I still have a whole day mm. because I'm doing the 5, the 6, the 7, the 8, the 9, 12, the 9, the 10. And another thing is, I don't have to compete with anyone at 5 a.m. for the 5 a.m. client because they're in bed sleeping. What about the clients who don't want to get up at that time? So I see one of my clients at 6 yeah. and I yeah get to her house at 6 a.m. But I know a lot of people go, oh, Six, five, no. Like obviously, some people that's yeah. maybe the only time they can commit. But for a lot of people, they go, "Oh no, Adrian, can you see me at nine? Yeah, but there's space for you there. But mm. there, there's a there's more of a, more of a demand for that space. Sure. But some PTs have to work in the evenings. I choose not to work in the evenings because I can do the my my, my six, seven, eight hours mm. until noon. So you're getting up at four or four thirty. Yeah. So let's take it back because some people are just going to go, no way, could never do it, my life, whatever. Yeah. So four four thirty. Are you getting up with an alarm? No, no alarm. No alarm. So you wake up naturally. Yeah. Do you have curtains? Ish. Okay. So you wake up naturally. Yeah. What do you do? What's the first thing? So I, I wake up with an alarm after I, I send a message out to Instagram to let them know I'm awake. Then after. I, my mum's already messaged me, so I screenshot that and put it on, on, on social media. And those messages are lovely, yeah. amazing. For anyone yeah. who hasn't seen it, yeah. your mum sends you a message that's yeah. so amazing. You know, what's funny is when I was living in my other, my other flat, um, she used to send me a message, but now I live with her because of, of my situation. And she lives, she's next door to my next door to me. And she, <laughs> she sends you that message. <laughs> so the message usually is something, you know, it's motivational, it's encouraging, it's yeah. loving, it's yeah. kind. She's yeah. telling you, you know, how wonderful you are and what you know the, how beautiful the world is and it just must be amazing to receive that every day you know what you, 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 there's a thing where I listen to some motivational speaker called Eric Thomas he says I don't speak to people until who are so negative until 11am what's his name? Eric Thomas Eric Thomas yeah. he doesn't speak to people that are negative until 11am I can't, I can't deal with you right now I need to deal with positive people so I, I just love to be even if like I've gone through in the last month so stuff which should have, should have made me so upset but because I've cut out the sugar and get these messages I don't feel upset like I'm like, I know I'm, I'm like why am I not upset I should be upset but I'm not upset because of the way I've I understand what my body needs and, what, and the information I've taken hmm. to make it happen now amazing so you're up at 4.30 you send a message out to Insta to say fam I'm yeah, up yeah. you share the message from your mum yeah. and then what do you do first so I go and I have breakfast mm-hmm. then I brush my teeth what do you do? Do you brush first or have breakfast? Well, I usually clean my teeth first because yeah. then I'll like, you know, do my run or take my son to school, then yeah. I'll have breakfast later. So yes, yeah, so I, I, I um 
I, pr- I eat breakfast first, then I brush my teeth, then I have a shower. Mm-hmm. Even if I go to the gym, I always have to shower before I leave because when you have a shower, it wakes you up more than anything else. Yeah, and is it hot or cold? Hot. Okay. I'm not one of those guys who do cold showers. No? Like, no. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm past, past. Then after I get myself ready, I look at my diary to see if, if I have to bring anything for anyone in. And after, I'm on my way. And then that's it. And yeah. then you hit your workout. I hit my workout or I hit my client. So even if I don't have a client at 5 a.m., I'll go to the gym at 5 a.m. Hmm. I know. I see it. Yeah. I see it. So, and so what about bedtime? Because that's the question that I get asked the most. And I don't yeah. get up at 4. I get up at 5.30. Yeah. And people say to me, well, what time do you go to bed? And I'm like, I go to bed, you know, between 9.30 and 10. And yeah. then they'll go, oh, but what about this? What about that? What about Love Island? Yeah. Never seen an episode in my entire life. And yeah. you know what? I'm cool, but what time do you go to bed, Peter? So if I was living at my my flat, I'd probably be in bed 10, 30, 11. That's late if you're getting up at four. I know. How really, are you doing that? But you just come accustomed to a certain lifestyle. This is making me wince. You know what? Trevor Nelson was on the show, yeah. uh, DJ. He's talking about the same thing. He was like, oh, I'm getting late. This is my lifestyle, the club, the yeah. vibe, the music, the industry. And he's living on, I don't know, four or five hours sleep. Yeah. And he looks incredible this guy black don't crack right yeah. and he's telling me he was like one day he's like i'm just gonna i was like no but seriously sleep that, peter that, but one thing i'll say is if i sit down during the day i'm, I'm falling asleep you see you see this is the good you're gonna get in trouble with me <laughs> sleep to win i want that i want that that bedtime to be earlier please so yes yeah, so, so basically like one time this happens true story i was at michelle's house and after him um, it's about 11 a.m after she went, yeah just, just sit down just, just sit down just, just sit down Literally, within two minutes, I fell asleep. Okay, we're going to talk about this off the mic because basically, I'm going to give you a book which yeah. I've read uh, called Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. Yeah. If you are falling asleep before midday, yeah. you are sleep deprived. Yeah, that, but that's before sugar. Now I'm, now I'm feeling great. Oh, so without the sugar, you think you can yeah. survive on less sleep? Yeah. Okay. Because I got up today at four o'clock and I still don't feel tired and I'm sitting down. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not crashing anymore. Okay, cool. Oh my gosh, this sugar thing, man. I mean, yeah. you're selling it hard. Yeah. You are selling, selling it hard. It, okay, know. awesome. So Somebody sponsored me. <laughs> sugar free. So can you tell us something that, I mean, is there anything that you avoid in the first hour? And what would you kind of encourage other people to do? If they've listened, if, if they're listening to this show a lot, they yeah. might have heard, okay, this person gets up early. Yeah. They do a cold shower. They might do, a lot of people have talked on the show about like digital. They avoid yeah. their phones for the first hour. But um, yeah, is there anything that you think that, you should avoid or things that they could try? The f- one thing I would say you should do, do something so difficult before you leave the house. That way, the rest of the day is easy. Okay. Simple. Something difficult. Something so difficult, uncomfortable, something that makes you uncomfortable before you leave the house. And the rest of the day is easy. Yes. Because you've, you've done something so hard. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And also, check out PMAX Insta stories because you're going to go, you know what? He's already up. He's okay. breaking sweats. He's sharing positivity, love, good vibes. And it's always a nice. I'm, in my head, I'm like, there's there's a certain feel I get, or feel I get from being up in the morning doing 5 a.m. workouts, knowing everyone else is sleeping. Mm-hmm. And after getting up, and after getting to about 9 a.m., knowing I've done five hours, four hours work, and you're, you're just getting to work. And after you. Seven and after I get to eleven AM I'm like, cool, now now it's lunchtime. Now yeah. now, now I can go to yoga. Now, yes, that's now, why you've got time. Now, yeah. now now the day is mine. I can I can go to yoga, I can go to swimming if I want to, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Now. But you still think, Oh my god, oh he's so lucky. I'm not lucky, I just get up earlier. I love that. I love <laughs> that. And to be honest, for me it I kind of felt like a sense of less rushing and less kind of mania and you know that manic feeling of yeah. the world essentially. I think that was the biggest change for me. When I when I if I was to get up at I don't know 
half seven, half eight, I don't know. The, you're on the back foot. There's mm. so many things coming at me. But actually, as you said, you're feeling like I've done X, Y, and Z before 9 a.m. is mm. actually the only way that I can feel kind of calm and like I don't need to rush. The funny thing about it is it's crazy because we have a um, rush hour in London and that's normal rush but hour. But it's not even an hour now. Rush what? hour is like three hours. Yeah, and um, people, that's, that's the normal rush hour. Mm. I'm like, why does anyone want to be normal for? So good. Okay, P Max. So before I ask you my closing question, can you tell us where we can find you online? Give it to us one more time so people can join. So it's P Mac Fitness. Luckily, on every single social media network. Great. Yeah. P Mac Fitness. Fitness. You cannot miss it. Okay. So my closing question for you, which is a new one this year for every guest, is all about time. Yeah. And often people will say to me, Adrian, I don't have time. You know, like I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. We never have enough hours in the day, yeah. apparently. So. If we were to be given one extra hour every day, yeah. from now on your day is going to have 25 hours, yeah. what are you going to use the extra hour for? Probably learn a new skill. Definitely. Definitely learn a new skill. Because I like to portray a message that I'm still learning myself. So the handstands is something that I've, I've struggled with. Literally, I thought I would be in the handstands three months into it. It's been a year now. Hmm. And I'm still going... So just learn a new skill. Can we learn a new skill? It gives you more confidence. You understand yourself better and you can help people because now you know what they're going through. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much. And yeah. thank you for coming in today. You're it's welcome. been brilliant. I definitely feel inspired to give up the sugar. Give up sugar, people. I'm going to try it. I'm going to let you know how it goes. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, then please do let us know and also share it with a friend. As I did say in the episode, if there's any, you know, big, huge changes to your diet, then please do, um, you know, seek medical advice if you are in an excluded group. But if you want to try it, as Peter said, it is not a fad diet, but it is an experiment. So let us know how it goes. Yes. Yes. yes, experiment. Remember that word? Experiment. Don't come sue me saying he says to do this. No, it's an experiment. <laughs> experiment. Yeah, you need to get a little disclaimer form people can sign. I sign up to this free will and um, yeah, get involved in that Facebook group because that sounds like the support that I need. Yeah. Thank you so much, Peter, and thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Have an awesome week. Thank you, Bye. Bye. See ya. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.